Welcome to the Jesus Famous Youth Teachings Podcast. Our vision is to see Jesus famous in the lives of the youth of our church. We want to see youth have opportunities for them to come to know Jesus in a complete and whole way and be united together in love, and most importantly, strengthened in the moments of discouragement. Jesus Famous Youth meets on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. and has a middle school program available on Sundays at 11 a.m. Now, let's get into our teaching. All right, guys. Thanks, Riley. Everyone say thanks, Riley. Yeah. yeah. He jumped in on it like kind of last minute this morning, but he's like, hey, I got to have Meadow with me, and it's all good. It's all good, Meadow. It's all good, okay? Yeah. She's like, I am never coming to youth group again. Huh. All right. Well, we'll get a couple of announcements before we get started on the teaching tonight. So um, first one coming up, I believe, is our, is our costume Halloween night, harvest night, youth group night. Can you throw that up there, Seth? Costume night. Dude. Yeah. Love it. I love the night, night here before Christmas theme going on there, Mr. Bernard. Thank you, man. I love it. I love it. Um, not that it is Nightmare Before Christmas, but I know it could have been. It should have been. It should be. It could be. You could. But... Um, so this is our, you guys, this is our costume night, our Halloween night. So, sh- so week before th- uh, Halloween, because uh, Halloween this year is on youth group night, and I wanted it to still be a big night. I know a lot of you guys like trick-or-treating. I like handing candy to kids. Like, I love, you know, costumes. My kids love trick-or-treating. That sounded weird, but, you know, at least I'm not in the van. So, um, wait, I am in a van a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. Be like, come here, kids. Come to my van. I got candy and Crocs on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a real creep right there. All right, guys. So, um, sh- so that's going to be our, our, our uh, costume Halloween night. Come on out, guys. We'll have food. Terry Bumper is actually going to do some uh, hot dogs and cheeseburgers, vegan and, uh, vegan and gluten-free options, guys. So we're going to have the, the Terry. What's it called again, Terry? Flavor to you. Flavor to you, guys. So Terry's been starting a small business, and so we're going to help support that. Uh, as a youth group, and, and it'll be awesome. But come dressed up. We will have a costume contest. I believe the, the prize is usually, you know, somewhere around 50 bucks, movie tickets, that kind of stuff, like a full night out, that kind of thing. So come dressed up. We will have a costume contest. Of course, games, classic ones like Ghost Yourself, Zombie Hands, things like that. It'll be good stuff. So come on out for that night, guys, on the 24th. Come with an empty stomach. Come to eat, hang out. It'll be a great night, all right? You guys good? Usually those nights end with a dance-off, too, for some reason. Kylie, Kylie, who's not here tonight, it always ends in a dance, right? It usually does. So, um, yeah, the, the week after that is Halloween. We're still going to have youth group, a shorter youth group. Uh, so if, if you still want to come, eat something, hang out for a little bit, and then go trick-or-treat, and you're more than welcome to. Um, and then the next event we have is the Fall Festival. Seth, you can throw that up there. Fall Festival, maybe. There we go. So Calvary Kids is putting this on. Um, it's getting, it's going to be bigger this year. It's not going to be focused on our church, but it's going to be focused on uh, kind of our, our neighborhoods and inviting people to this fall festival. So they need volunteers. Yes, it does, start, it does count towards community service. Um, but so they need volunteers for like their own kind of stations. But if you have any like secret talents, like I said, like making balloon animals, balloon animals or painting faces or, you know, you can do cartwheels one after another and not puke. Like those are talents that, that may be used. And so if that's something that you want to do, then sign up for it. And last but not least, guys, our, our, uh, our game night coming up in November. Yeah, so 
So we're going to make this, I'm not going to just call this a middle school game night. This is going to be a game night, just game night, guys. We'll have food coming out. We'll do the same thing. We'll shut down the entire church, open up all the doors. We'll probably take turns being trolls or being, being krakens, you know, kind of a thing. And so maybe one game in middle school will chase the high schoolers, next game kind of a thing. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but big game night, come on out for that one. Invite a friend. That's always fun to invite a friend to that, get them to come check out youth group for the first time. Um, and yeah, so some of the events coming up. You guys good with that? Sure, sure. You know, a leader just challenged me to wear them every time I teach now until we leave. And so I may do that. We may just keep them in the box and pull them out for my teaching shoes, right? My teaching shoes. You guys, they're so stupid, you guys. Like, they... <laughs> okay, well, let me, let me say... Let me say something. Let me say something. Let me say something. What are you saying, Daniel? I'm, I'm embracing them right now. But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm. <laughs> so here's the thing. Crocs were made for tropical climates, like kids that live in like like rainforests, because they can tromp around in the mud and just leave them outside, and bugs and stuff can't get into them and decay them. So I'm moving to a place where Crocs are actually acceptable. See, here in America, you guys are just lazy. But like in like tropical places like Central and South America or like Thailand, right, where we're moving, like these are acceptable. I still probably won't wear them. Right? But I'm just saying, they're more acceptable there than all you lazy kids. And even wearing socks with them, it makes no sense. Whatever. All right? So you can't win. I feel right now, if a zombie apocalypse happened right now, I would die because I'm wearing these stupid Crocs. I can't run with them. No. You cannot win this argument. You cannot win this argument. Zo- Shh, stop. Shh, nope, no more. All right. Anyway, moving on. Shh, moving on. Uh, Smeathan, come on up, man. Uh, so we're going to go. Smeathan. <laughs> All right. So tonight, you guys, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 2. We're going to go through the whole chapter. So, sh- so have your Bibles out. I want to ask you guys, if you're not on your, if you're not on uh, your, your, phone on the Bible, please get off of it. Just kind of put it away for a minute. I want to encourage you guys that no matter where you're at in your faith walk tonight, whether you're here for the first time, kind of wondering what church is about, or you're on fire and you want to want to tell others about your faith, like there's something here for you. So I encourage you, put away your phones right now, take out your earbuds and be about this tonight. Okay. You guys good with that? All right. Go ahead, Smeathen. That was better. All right. <laughs> All right. Colossians 2. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the, riches, uh, all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are, uh, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Jesus, uh, Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built, built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were, uh, were taught, abounding by, in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, uh, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. <laughs> For in, uh, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the uh, head of all rule and authority. 
In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you also raised, uh, were raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, uh, who, raised, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the, and the uncircumcised of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven uh, us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the ru uh, rulers and authorities and put them in, uh, to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in question of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of this world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in prompting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Hmm. So, Father, we thank you. Good job. Yeah, good job. You can give it. You can give it. <laughs> Methan. So, Father, we thank you for this night. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you so much for just your word and how real it is. God, I thank you for uh, just continuing to grow a young man like Ethan as he is seeking after you. Lord, I pray that you continue to bless him as even he has a desire to develop a youth band, God. Father, we thank you so much for, for using us in these ways and just giving us the faith to say yes. God, I uh, thank you that you can call us to a full place. As we read this word tonight, God, I pray that you would continue to make us just complete people, God, as we, as we continue to seek you and grow and mature in this way, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you praise. Amen. All right. So, Ethan, good job, man. That's a lot to read in one, in one uh, Smithen. I'm respecting him right now. So, um, I'm respecting the dead in Ethan. So, the fact is, guys, like, there was a lot to read there. There was a lot to talk about. Uh, but chapter 2 is really, a, it's a clump of scripture. Now, you guys have heard me say this before. In one teaching on a Tuesday night, in, in 20 to 30 minutes, there's no way I can cover everything that Paul covers in chapter 2 of Colossians. And it's, it's a deep well, guys. It really is. It's a deep well. So I really want to encourage you that if you want to just continue to grow and expound in your faith, take this chapter, go home, and, and, and have some study time on it. Do some reading on it. Find a commentary. Find a, uh, another teacher that may teach it piece by piece, a little more, a little more broken up than we are tonight. But, but really dig into it. Let, it. let it kind of soak in as we kind of do an overview tonight. Now, as you look at chapter 2, basically what Paul is bringing them to, and if you remember chapter 1, it was all about the truth of Christ. It was all about the truth of Christ and then walking through these different truths of when we're Christians and, and how, what it means to be a Christian and really the truth of it. And what is truth to a Christian? And ultimately, truth is something that we see through a biblical lens. Now, as we get into chapter 2, what Paul here is doing is he's now bringing us to the truth about Christ and Christians. Ultimately, chapter 2 is the truth about Jesus and what it means to be a Christian. Ultimately, who Jesus is and who we are to him. And, all, and when we look at chapter 2 kind of as an overview, what we're seeing is ultimately the, the definition of a full Christian, a complete Christian. 
a young man or a young woman that's saying yes to faith, yes, yes to Jesus, yes to God, their creator, and saying, I want to know what you have for me. I want to I move into that realm of saying God, of seeing this life through God's lens rather than just my own. I want to move into this realm of saying, God, like you're bigger than me. You're mightier than me. You see better than I see. I, I believe that you can run my life. I believe, as we talked about from chapter one, that my narrative is best defined by you and in you. And so that's what we have in chapter two is, is the understanding of what it means to be a full Christian or a complete Christian. And that's what we're going to go over tonight. Now, when you think of a complete Christian, right, when you think of a complete person, right, I got to go to an example of a complete team, a team that, that will surpass the ages as a full team, a complete team that rely on each other, that work with each other like a well-oiled machine. And when my mind goes there, you guys, it goes to the Ninja Turtles, right? It goes to the Ninja Turtles, right? Now, this is a team. No, not even the Avengers. Not even the Avengers. Now, I, I, I would have gone with the Batman, right? But Batman's such a, he's such a lone wolf. He's such a lone wolf, right? He uses them. Though, man. Don't, let's not go there tonight. Let's not go there. Ultimately, though, the Ninja Turtles, and now I had to pick a, a, a more, you know, edgy art for it because your guys' generation, you've grown up with a real fluffy Ninja Turtles. You really have, a fluffy Ninja Turtles. If you go back to the original comics of the 1980s, the Ninja Turtles were ninjas, like ninjas, guys, like, like samurai. They killed people, gutted people. Like, like the Foot Clan, like Shredder, like they gutted people. Their comics are bloody and gnarly and gory. Like, like they were epic comics. I have some at home. I love them. They're epic, right? And so they are. They're not nice. They weren't. Not, they were ninjas, right? They were what? Wow. Okay. Anyway, Ninjago. Okay. So anyway, I bring up the Ninja Turtles because when we look at the Ninja Turtles, shh, when we look at the Ninja Turtles, what we see is a complete team. We see a full team, right? We see Michelangelo, right? We see who he is, what he brings to the table, right? He's the, he's the goof-off. He's the younger, right? He has the, he's the nunchucks. He's, he's more of an agile. He moves faster. He thinks faster, but it's always this kind of game to him. We got Leonardo, right? He's the leader. He, he holds the, the, the actual the, the samurai swords. He's been appointed the leader by Splinter, right? He brings that authority. He brings that rule, that structure. We have Donatello. Right? He's, the, he's the brains of the group. Right? He brings the plans and how to execute them, how to walk through uh, beating someone like Shredder. Then we have Raphael. Right? He's the knock-around guy. He's the tough guy. Right? He's just going to break through the walls. He's going to come out of it alive because he's just going to beat the crud out of anybody. You know? And we see this through the comics, actually. And If you were to follow the timeline of the Ninja Turtles, you see that they're only strong when they're a team. They're only strong when they work together. When every part of who they are comes together, they create this, this really unstoppable team where they could take on you know, hundreds more than, than just the four of them. And we see this through the comics. And ultimately, they just came out with a, a, it's a newer series that came out last year, but The Last Samurai, right, or The Last Kenobi, and it's where the other three Ninja Turtles die and Raphael's the last one. And he just becomes this lone soldier. And, and even though he's accomplishing what he needs to, to to avenge his brothers, he's never the same. He can't fight the same. He can't com compete the same way he could before because his other three parts, the other three parts of his team that made the Ninja Turtles, right, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so good, they had died. And we see this, right? And so they just make this team. Then ultimately, right, the leader of the, of the Ninja Turtles, right, we see, this, we see the splinter, right? Like the splinter, right? Now you guys, again, like you got this fluffy rat, 
that like makes jokes and laughs about pizza. No, man, in the comics, he beats the, he beats the crud out of the Ninja Turtles to make them the machines and the weapons that they are. Like he is all about discipline. If you've ever been in a martial arts where you have a real sensei or a real, a real man that, that knows his trade and he's making you into a weapon, like they don't mess around, right? They don't mess around. So, so you have this team and I just wanted to bring this to light because they're this full team. They really are. And so when we look at something like Colossians chapter 2, and we move away from the silliness of Ninja Turtles, right? And we look at our own faith. We look at who we are in Christ. And I would hope that tonight when you read something like this or hear a teaching like this, whether you're a seventh grade uh, boy or girl or you're an upperclassman, right? You're, you, you want to be a full person. You want to be a complete person. You want to be mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally maturing as you grow. You just don't want to spend all your time in the gym and just be a meathead and have no emotional growth or no spiritual growth. You don't want to be so spiritually minded that you're no earthly good and all you do is have your head in the Bible or have your head in spiritual books and you have no idea what's going on in the world around you. You don't want to be all emotional, right? <laughs> have nothing physical or spiritual, right, or mental about you. You don't want to be always in the books and always reading about, about history and, and chemistry and all these other things and yet have no idea what's happening with your body or with what's happening in the world around you. See, the thing is, guys, we want to be a full person. I would hope no matter where you're at tonight, even at a middle school age, you would have some type of concept of like, man, I, I want to be a complete person. I want to be a well-rounded person. And See, this is a human thing. It is. I think most people want to be a well-rounded person. You can go to bookstores and see aisles, right, like, like walls covered in self-help books. But see, as Christians, we take it a step further, and it's not just I want to be a whole person or a whole human, but I want to be a fulfilled and full Christian. I want to be a man or woman that, that seeks the higher calling of God's kingdom. I want to see, be a man or woman that seeks what it means to be like Jesus, and when we read a chapter like two of, of Colossians, what we see is Paul and ultimately Jesus calling us to this completeness. So what we have here is just a, it's a broad view of chapter two is first off in verses one through 10, we see our absolute fullness in Christ, which is the main idea that Jesus is fully God and we are given fullness in him. Second, we have verses 11 through 15, which is our total forgiveness in Christ, which the main idea of that is Jesus is our crucified conqueror, and we are forgiven by him. And third, verses 16 through 23, our complete freedom in Christ. But then the main idea of that is Jesus is our life source, and we are free through him. And when we look at these, we can break each one of them down like we're going to do right now and really see how each one of them impacts our faith to make us a more full Christian, to make us a more full person for Jesus, okay? You guys good with that? See? Sí? <laughs> bueno. All right, well, let's move into it. So verses 1 through 10, right, again, our absolute fullness in Christ, our absolute fullness in Christ. What Paul starts here is the understanding of that we are, we are established in Jesus, okay? We're established in him. So the main idea, again, Jesus is fully God, and we are fully, we are given fullness in him. If you were to read through verses 1 through 10 again, what you're seeing is, again, that truth that we talked about last week in, the, in, the, in uh, what we talked about in the Apostles' Creed about Jesus being the fully Son of God, right? That he was fully God, but yet fully man. We, we continue that in this thought, that God, that Jesus is fully God. And because of that, we actually get to receive that fullness within us. 
that you walk, you talk, you live each day, you, inter- you encounter the people that you encounter, you, you work, you go to sports, you do all the things that you do with the Spirit of God living in you, the fullness of Jesus in you if you call yourself a Christian. Okay, so how does this look? And so first off, Paul says you are rooted, established, and taught in Jesus. Verse 7 there, rooted, established, and taught. You are rooted like a tree, man. I mean, your mind has to go to, to an oak tree, a, a tree that is, is rooted, it's, it's established. Right? I don't care what kind of tree you want to be. Some of you guys want to be redwoods or oaks or cedars or fruit trees. I don't know. Um, you know, some, whatever kind of tree you want to be. The idea is that you are rooted in something. And don't kid yourself, guys. Don't fool yourself. You will be rooted in something. You will be. Right? Maybe it's the type of music you listen to and the type of movies that you consume, the type of media. Right? That those people are influencing you. You are rooting in them. If you're always on social media consuming these, these influencers or, or always into to a certain type of like, identity for yourself, the fact is you are rooting yourself in that. It is establishing who you are. So ultimately, we want to establish, we want to be rooted in Jesus. Again, that word establish comes up. Paul says that rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were. Okay. Now, when we're rooted in something, that Whatever we're rooted in, that's where we're receiving our, our nutrients, right? That's where we, where, where we, oh my goodness gracious, that's where we are receiving what makes us grow. If a tree has good nutrients, if a tree is rooted deep, if it's got plenty of water and sunshine and the soil is rich, the fact is that tree grows. Whatever you are rooted in, that's what you are receiving that grows your identity, that grows who you are. And if it's negative, if it takes you, if it's something that does not take you closer to God, you will grow in that negative place. You'll grow in that identity that's away from God. And ultimately, it will establish where your faith lies. See, if you call yourself a Christian tonight, and yet you just constantly consume negativity, you constantly consume things that are, that are, that are taking you away from God, you're constantly consuming things that do not bring you closer to the God that created you, then that's where your faith will be established. That's what you will have faith in is that person or that identity. And I don't know about you guys, but I've watched celebrities come and go. I've watched politicians rise and fall. Like, I've watched fades and, and, and all kinds of like, like, you know, things like Crocs come and go. Like the fact is, you guys, like, like they don't, they just kind of fade. They don't last the test of time. And if your faith is in those things and established in those things because that's what you're rooted in, then, then you're going to be let down. You really are. And don't kid yourself. You are rooting yourself in something. You really are tonight. And you, you have to look in the mirror and figure out what that is. Now, if you're rooting yourself in Jesus, then your faith is in him. Your faith is in who Jesus is. His, his, who he is as fully God, but yet fully man. Who he is to you, who you are to him. And see, when your faith is in that and you are rooted in Jesus, there is no being let down. Now, that doesn't mean church. <laughs> Churches will let you down. Men, women, even in the pulpit will let you down, but Jesus will not. Faith in him will not let you down. Now, it doesn't always seem the way that you want it to go. God does say no to us, okay? And, he, and, and it doesn't make sense sometimes. But the fact is, when you put your faith and you are rooted in Jesus, you will not be let down. Ultimately, we're taught also by Jesus. See, the beautiful thing about, about walking this way with Jesus, you guys, is he is our rabbi. He's our teacher, like he wants to continue to teach you. He wants to continue to grow you and mature you. Yes, like he'll use men like me and leaders that you have in your small groups and 
hopefully teachers and your parents and men and women that come alongside you that guide you in your faith. But ultimately, Jesus wants to be your teacher. He wants to teach you. He wants you to understand that you're going to be taught by him. Secondly, as we are absolute fullness in Christ, is you can see the lies from false philosophies and empty deceit. There, verse 8, Paul says, as you are rooted, established, and taught in Jesus, you can see the falsehoods of life. You start to see this life through a biblical worldview, a biblical lens, right, Bronson? Right, a biblical lens. He's all, <laughs> a biblical lens that, that lets you see just the fallacies of life, the lies, the fakeness. It lets you see the drama that, it, that you just don't want to be a part of. Ultimately, what you're doing is you are rooted, established, and taught by Jesus. What you're doing is saying, man, I want to rise above the drama. I want to rise above just the fallacies, the falseness of life. And I want to see it for what it truly is, for how God intended it to be. And lastly, guys, Jesus embodies truth, and he dwells in you. See, ultimately, when we have absolute fullness in Christ, what we understand is that Jesus embodies what truth is, and that dwells in you and I. That truth dwells in you and I, which ultimately, which we'll get to point three, means you don't have to fall for the lies. You don't have to fall for the falsehoods. You don't have to fall into the traps of life, the things that, the habits and the, the, the conditions, the mindsets of life that chain you down and burden you. You don't have to have this because you have the truth of Jesus in you, which shows you what, where the lies are and shows you how to avoid them. So that's the first part, Right? As we overview this, a fullness in Christ or uh, being a full Christian, it's our absolute fullness in Christ. Moving on to verse 11 through 15, it's our total forgiveness. Our total forgiveness in Christ. Now, I don't know about you guys, but no matter how mature you become in Jesus, no matter how amazing of a Christian you are, no matter how rooted or established or taught you are by Jesus, you still sin. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, right? Right? Are you with me in this? Like, I still sin. Right? I still lie sometimes, man. I hate that about myself, but I still like go back to like where I was as a kid and I'll tell a lie. And I'll go like, that was so childish. And I gotta go back to my, usually my wife and be like, so uh, I lied. I'm sorry. Like that was stupid. Right? You guys, like sometimes I get so ticked off at somebody in my heart that I wanna kill them. Like, I wanna murder them. And that's what Jesus said, right? You, I may say with my mouth, oh, it's cool, don't worry. In my heart, I'm like, you're gonna die, right? I'm like, I wanna kill this person, right? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like, no matter where I grow in Jesus, no matter how much of my faith that I, I can establish and grow in and be rooted in, I, I still sin. I still struggle with my sin nature, man. I still struggle with bad habits. I still struggle with unwanted desires. I still do. And so, to be a full Christian, to be a complete Christian, one of the things we have to understand is that we have total forgiveness in Jesus. Total forgiveness. See, the beautiful thing about our God, you guys, when Jesus died on that cross and when he, now that he ascended and sits at the right hand of the Father, he sees all past, present, and future at once. He sees all of eternity all at once, and he sees all the sins you've done, all the sins you're doing right now, Lily, on your phone, and all the sins. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing, Lily. <laughs> she's, on, she's looking at the screen. She's looking at the screen. She's looking at the screen. She is. She's looking at the screen. Um, and all the sins you will do. Jesus has seen it all, and yet he still died on the cross for you. He still died on that cross for you. And so ultimately, as you look through verses 11 through 15, what we see is that Jesus is our crucified conqueror, 
yet we are forgiven by him. Yes, he died on the cross, but he died to conquer your sin. Yes, he was buried in the ground, but yet rose three days later, now conquering death for you. Sin, right? The great consequence of disobeying God. Death, the great consequence of sin. You're all going to die. Every one of us. Okay? So what do we see in verses 11 through 15? We see that you were dead and now alive. In Christ, right, you were dead to your sins. You were accountable to it. But when you accept Jesus as your Savior, what you're saying is, God, I no longer want to hold my sin or be accountable to it. God, I give it to you. And Jesus takes it and makes us alive. Second, you guys, your sin has been forgiven. Understand this. Say it to yourself every day. When you start walking in that shame, when sin starts holding you down in that guilt and that shame, saying you are, you are just a piece of dirt, you're not worth anything, no one loves you, say, no, I am forgiven. He paid your debt on the cross. See, the sin that you've committed, the sin that I've committed, I am accountable for that. I'm accountable to a righteous and just God. But because Jesus died on that cross, he paid the debt for my sin. I would have had to pay it. You would have had to pay it. And I don't know about you guys, but I can't remember the last time I sacrificed a lamb, right? I can't remember the time I, I sacrificed for God. I didn't. If Jesus hadn't died on the cross, I'd be going to hell, guys. Shh, you'd be going to hell, okay? But yet he paid your debt on the cross. You don't have to. You don't have to be separated from God for all eternity because of what Jesus did. And lastly, Jesus defeated all authorities that held us down. He defeated those authorities, Again, the authority of sin over your life because our disobedience and our separation from a perfect and righteous and just God. And then the authority of death over us. It does. The death has authority over humankind. You can't beat it. There's no such thing as the fountain of youth. Right? Like, like, it doesn't matter how much Botox you get. It doesn't matter, right? How much plastic surgery. You will die one day. And we see those people when they've got tons of plastic surgery and they're like 90 years old. They look scary, right? They look bad, okay, because they're going to die. So ultimately, shh. Second part, shh, second part of being a full Christian, of being a complete Christian, is understanding that our total forgiveness is in Christ. That you are totally and absolutely and utterly forgiven tonight, you guys. And if you don't know Jesus tonight as your Lord and Savior, hey guys, listen to me, shh. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come talk to me afterward. Talk to your small group leader about it. Know this forgiveness tonight. Don't leave here without it. Don't leave here without understanding a little bit more of what this forgiveness is. And lastly, verses 16 through 23, as we finish this section tonight, you guys, uh, to look at a full or a complete Christian, right? Our complete freedom in Christ, right? Our complete freedom in Christ. We are free. We are free in Jesus. We're so much of the world away from Jesus, so much of the world outside of this faith, they are not free. Now, they're going to want you to, to believe they are, right? Get as much money as you can, and you're free, Right? Change whatever gender or identity that you want to be, and then you'll be free. Right? Have, have as much sex with as much people as you want to, and you will be free. Do as many drugs, drink as much alcohol, party as much as you want, and then you're free. As much popularity, right? Get the fastest car, be the strongest person, the smartest person, and then you're free. The fact is, guys, no matter what you want to fill that void in with, you're not really free. You're, just, you're basically putting your faith in something that will fail you eventually. But ultimately, the main idea of this, you guys, is Jesus is our life source. Sorry. Jesus is our life source, and we are free through him. He is our life source. He, he fills that void where nothing else can, where all those other things, they, they fall short. All those other things are fallacies. All those other things that you could feel that, fill that void with will fade, and yet fill it with Jesus, fill it with a faith in him, a faith in the God that created you, and what you have is something that sustains something that truly brings freedom. 
Ultimately, you guys, we have a freedom in Christ to live life to the full. See, a man or a woman in Jesus that, that, that understands those first two, that I'm rooted, that I'm established, that my faith is in Jesus, and that I'm fully forgiven because of Jesus' work on the cross, nothing that I did, that is a man or a woman that truly understands what it means to have a fullness of life. They have a fullness of life. Because the fact is, I'm not held down by, by legalism or, or you know, other people's convictions. I'm not held down by, you guys, my, my guilt and my sin. I, I'm not held down by the shame of my parents or the sins that they committed. But what I have right here and right now with Jesus is a true freedom that allows me to live life to the full. You know, because I don't need drugs. I don't need to hide, you guys. I don't need to be drunk. I don't, need, I don't need all these other things that the world offers me that really chain me down. But with Jesus, I have a freedom. Paul, two times in the book of 1 Corinthians, he says this that I want you to understand. He says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. And then again in chapter 10, he says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Ultimately saying in Jesus, we have the freedom to do all kinds of things, but yet I now have the freedom also to say, I'm not going to do this because I know that's going to chain me down. Right? I know this is going to burden me. I know this is going to keep me from serving God. I have the freedom to have a relationship over here or watch this rated R movie or do this over here or do that over here. I have a freedom in Jesus to do those things, but yet ultimately I'm going to choose not to because I want to be the best equipped Christian I can be for Jesus. I don't want those sins to hold me down. I, want the, I don't want the negativity or the, the, the dysfunction of certain things to hold me from serving Jesus. See, a full Christian, you guys, a complete Christian, ultimately understands that we have a freedom in Jesus. A freedom. And it's not a condemnation. It's not a condemnation for, for, for messing up here or there or maybe watching something or listening to something that later you feel, you feel bad about consuming that thing. The fact is that you have forgiveness when you do, and you have the mercies of God to step out and continue to, to be faithful even when we mess up. So again, you guys, a full Christian, someone that is complete in Christ. One, you guys, has an absolute fullness in Christ. Right? We understand that the fullness of God indwells us. Two, that our total forgiveness in Christ, right? that we are, are under the, our conquering, crucified Jesus, right? and that he has fully forgiven us. And third, that we have a freedom in him. We have a freedom to live this life unchained and unburdened for him and in him and through him, guys. All right, I got a couple things here. As we finish off, first one, we have some principles for you, right? If you look at chapter two, there's just some bigger principles or some smaller principles that you can go back and look at um, if you were to go back and study chapter two. So first off, the threat of false teaching is a cause for serious concern, okay? Like, like you especially are growing up in an age where there's a whole lot of false teaching happening right now in churches, a whole lot of progressive and a whole lot of, of, of anti-Christ theology, you guys, that's being spit in a lot of churches today, and you need to understand that it is a serious concern. It's, it's taking people away from Jesus. It's taking away people from their true faith. Number two, vital involvement in, in a loving, learning community is a defense against deception. Being in a church like this, where we teach the Bible, and we're not perfect, I'm not perfect, right? You know I go to counseling, guys. Like, the fact is, like, in that, we preach the gospel, we talk about Jesus, and we grow together. And that helps us see the deception. Ongoing growth in the believer's life is a defense against deception. You pursuing Jesus on your own. 
you having a devotional life, you practicing daily times with Jesus throughout the day where you stop and just acknowledge him, you stop and pray. Jesus Christ is fully God. This is another one that you can really pull out of chapter 2, really dig into that, that Jesus is, was fully man but yet fully God. Every believer has spiritual fullness because of vital union with Christ. Right? I haven't earned you guys. I'm not just some special guy that gets to, like, to walk in this fullness, but it's because of what Jesus did, and you have the same thing. Every believer has experienced full forgiveness. This is something that takes Christians years to understand at times, sometimes a whole lifetime. I hope you as a young Christian, you start to come to a place of understanding that you are fully forgiven in Jesus. Jesus defeated Satan on the cross and stripped him and all his demons of their power over mankind. So the fact is that that yes, there is an evil influence, there's a satanic influence, a demonic influence in our age, but you guys, like, because of Jesus, they don't reign. They don't reign anymore, but you and I um, walk above that. And lastly, guys, spirituality is not a matter of rules or experiences, but a relationship with and obedience to Jesus Christ, okay? It's not about necessarily this, these rules and this dominion over us, but this relationship with Jesus. All right. Applications real quick. Do some personal inventory based on what you think about most and how you spend your money and time. Honestly, evaluate whether you have set your heart and mind on things above, okay? One way that you can do that is pray over your relationships, okay? You can take a picture of that or grab the notes in the back, but pray over your relationships. Again, just like on Monday, pray for your parents. Tuesday, your siblings. Wednesday, for kids that you're around daily, right? Thursday, for the authorities over you. This is a hard one at times. Friday, for those who don't know Jesus around you, okay? This will help establish and set your mind on things of above rather than just things like that just don't matter. All right, we got our small group questions. Leaders, there's one in there for you. Kids, don't let your leaders not answer that one. And lastly, time to go to small group. So, Father, we thank you. <laughs> thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for what you give us tonight. God, we bow before you just thanking you for your word. And it's real and true. Let small groups just be a blessing. We give this night to you in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you at Youth Group on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. If you'd like more information about JFY or have a question, reach out to us at joshuas at calvary.com or DM us on Instagram at ymcalvary.